You are listening to the API The Docs podcast. We are here to talk about API documentation upstream and downstream. First of all, when technical writers start doing that, contributing to source code, they have to learn also how to use the tools, how then you can commit, how the whole deployment lifecycle goes. So basically, by doing that, we enabled more practices of docs like code. Because if you do something like code, then you follow basically the same pattern and dealing with the same tools. And then later on, you can use the same tools for technical writing practices. And these all different things, they usually happen when you give more freedom to your technical writers and start trusting them. I can attest to that. (laughs) Once we started doing this, I noticed that my interactions with developers were more fruitful. In my opinion, I truly believe that a good technical writer should be able to speak multiple languages. And by saying multiple languages, I mean the language of the business people trying to understand the business value of the product. The language of developers, but developers who will use your developer-oriented product. But also if you're able to speak the same language with your developers internally. Hello and welcome to the API The Docs podcast. Your hosts today are myself, Anet Pozsár, and my colleague Laura Vas. In our daytime jobs, we research and build developer portals at Pranovix. Hi, Laura. Hi, Anet. And welcome, Ruby and Alexei, our two guests today from Arien. Let's start with introductions. You're coming to us as two amazing technical writers, but uh, you have a more colorful history. Let's ask uh, first Ruby, Ruby Batalones. Yeah. What is your background and how did you start working at Adyen and what are you doing there now? I'm a technical writer at Adyen. I've been with Adyen for um, almost three years now. But before I stumbled into uh, technical writing, I, I, I was working mainly in uh, integrations. And then I found out that there's a role called technical writing. And how did you find it out? Like, how does that go? I wanted to find a role that was a bit more flexible than my previous roles, uh, because my roles were mostly customer facing. And most of the time I had to be, I, I had to work like on site with the customers in server rooms. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then I came to a point where I wanted something more flexible. Luckily, Part of my previous roles was like writing design documents. So when when I started freelancing, I found out that there's a role that I can use my technical skills and then also be flexible when it comes to time. So that's how I ended up with the technical writing. Mm-hmm. And you work on the team that is documenting the Adyen API, right? As technical writer. Yeah. And do you work together with Alex? Not on the same team, but we mostly work together these days, yes. And Alex, how did you come to Arian? So what is your background? Uh, Yes, so I started um, my career as a software engineer, and that's how I got my first education. And then I also uh, got second education in linguistics, basically learning communication and especially the technical English language. And that's what I found uh, as a very interesting mix for myself, because this was a combination of um, software development. And at the same time, in technical writing, I was able to work on creating uh, any types of documentation, videos, blog posts, things that help others to understand how to use these software products. And uh, that's how I started my career in technical writing. And that's how I joined Adyen maybe almost about five years ago. And then uh, we were working a lot on Adyen Developer Portal. And we've met with a lot of documentarians at Docs and API Docs conferences. And that's how we met mm-hmm. with Laura and Crystal. 
you very much accompanied the uh, ADN API from childhood to how it is now and your career. So, wow, amazing. Uh, so, so uh, we're working together on our uh, documentation and then we build a new API Explorer and that's uh, when we saw a lot of value for the company that good documentation can bring. And at the same time, we saw more and more things uh, that we can improve with our integrations, with our APIs, with our API designs. And it's about consistency, it's about making things easy, and so on and so forth. And I was started focusing on that part as well. And at some point, I switched my role now. I'm the head of API at Adyen. Mostly my job is about finding the right people, and it's about collaboration. It's about bringing people together and looking at the designs and integration from different angles from the integration point of view, but also from the internal point of view, how we can implement it successfully and then come up with good decisions, uh, what our API design should look like and how it then affects everything else, how it then affects documentation, uh, integrations, libraries, developer relations. And, developer mm -hmm. and is it a global team that you're working with? We have a developer experience team, which is working very closely with the documentation team. Uh, we even consider ourselves as a one big team uh, in many uh, senses. Uh, at the same time, I'm working with every other development team at Adyen mm -hmm. because we have a lot of different um, API projects going on and many of them are related to public APIs. So in this case, it's important that we have common strategy, common guidelines and uh, common vision on, on where we want to move with our APIs. Mm -hmm. How do you see what are key additions a technical writer brings into a room at Adyen? Well, we, we've done um, this exercise a few times where we would go to an API design with a technical writer. Mm -hmm. And the the advantages that we see is it, it helps people, like helps development teams to think about how we will talk about the APIs towards our users. Because in, in the end, of course, our clients will use the documentation to integrate. So from there, we can already see maybe a concept is difficult to, to explain. So that means we might have to revisit the design. So I think that's the, the biggest advantage. Yeah, from my side, I can add that um, technical writers are very often the first users of your software product, like of your API. And at the same time, we're exposed uh, to so many different use cases. We see what questions our customers ask. We see when it's difficult to use our APIs. And also, we feel ourselves when it's difficult to document a software product, it means that something is probably wrong or something can be better. So in this case, it's uh, super valuable when technical writers are involved in the development process as well, in the APIs and process. And this is what we are trying also to do at Adyen to make sure that technical writers basically are involved as early as possible. And uh, because also by the nature of their work, technical writers are exposed to many different products in the company. They can compare, okay, this team is doing this in this way. And this is another API and another example where it makes sense, but then can give extra complexity for the customer who will be using these three or four products at the same time. And uh, this is a, basically the biggest impact technical writers can do is to bring this feedback back to the development teams as early as possible. And I heard the word consistency that kind of sparkled out there. Uh, did this change? So for example, Ruby, in your three years as a technical writer, did your understanding of what skills you have to be playing on change along the years? 
Yes, uh, well, when I first started, it was uh, mostly documenting APIs that were already built. So I'd be uh, working on something, I would have questions, but then they're already out there. So it's, it's already hard to like, make changes. And then later in our newer APIs, when we were involved earlier in the design process, my skills have to be more about like spotting, like what Alexis said, like spotting inconsistencies across APIs, because most of our users doesn't just use one API, they would use like different sets of endpoints. So from like very detailed, though I'm just working on this one thing, to having like a, a big picture view of, uh, of, of seeing how objects are being used in other um, APIs, for example. So yeah, it, uh, it, it did change uh, the skills required for me. Mm -hmm. And another interesting aspect of um, us being involved in API design discussions is not only the inconsistencies, of course, it's super important, and not only the naming part, which is always super difficult, so everyone knows that naming is super hard, but in general, um, something that is uh, less tangible, usability, right? Developer experience. And uh, it's mostly around the use cases that we usually have to document. Or we, for example, hear from our customers, okay, how do we do this and how do we do that? And when you start thinking in this way, when you always think, okay, what should be the use case? This API is not only an endpoint or a source of fields, right? How do you exactly do this and what's the result and what do you do next? And what should the customer do with their integration on their side? How do they store this data? What they need to uh, take on another step? This really helps. Of course, uh, it doesn't mean that development teams don't care about that. Everybody is trying to understand uh, from the product side also how the API is used. But the technical writing job is a lot about that. And that's why when we come to the discussions to API reviews, we're already much more empowered and prepared. Okay, this is our mindset, this is what we expect. And for a lot of developers, especially who are working on API development, they mostly look from the inside, how the architecture is built, how the whole system is operating, what, what's more logical, what's easier for them to build. And of course, it doesn't mean that it's not important because everything is important in this decision. We cannot build just anything because our system has certain design. At the same time, finding this middle ground between usability requirements and uh, architecture requirements is uh, where technical writers can bring a lot of value. Talking about usability, do you also do user testing or do you have a chance to get feedback from customers? With our newer APIs, we had a chance to get feedback from our pilot merchants. So um, we didn't publish our endpoints publicly, mm -hmm. but we gave the open API specs to our pilot merchants and we got some feedback from them from there. And another effort that we are trying to do with developer advocates is even before we create an API or open API specification, we maybe draft a few pages in documentation and um, organize something which we call developer feedback sessions, which used to be in person, now of course it's online, where we invite um, yeah, different developers, potential users of our API or somebody who has extensive knowledge about API experience. And then we show several examples and try to discuss pros and cons, basically trying to say, okay, what would make sense in this case? 
And um, yeah, we found this very interesting. A lot of learnings that we sometimes don't expect that people would ask these questions or would make these suggestions. So sometimes in this situation, it seems very clear and easy, but feedback is super crucial. And of course, the sooner we can get it, the better. As far as I know, technical writers at ADN has a good relationship with source code and not just with only technical documentation. Can you tell us a bit more? Because it is quite interesting. How does that work in practice and what results can be? I think Alexei can tell the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. So this all started with uh, Swagger, which is now, now uh, known as OpenAPI. Okay, maybe a, a little bit step back. So, of course, we know there are different types of documentation. And, of course, uh, there is main documentation portal, which can be guides, tutorials, conceptual information, how-to, and so on and so forth. And there is a big place which is called reference documentation. And uh, different companies, different teams of technical writers deal with this reference also in various ways. Sometimes it's something that you can create manually, but it's a lot of work. And we tried to do this a long time ago. Of course, it's common practice to generate it from source code, but in this case, usually it's developers who just leave some Java docs comments or some other annotations and prepare this documentation. And then at the end, we saw that developers usually don't have enough time, knowledge, understanding to put enough information, enough context into these descriptions, but also to maintain and evolve over time, because usually it's a mindset and responsibility of a technical writer to make sure that all these bits and pieces are linked together and provide enough context everywhere. And what we decided, we decided that all the technical writers can just go to source code and update these descriptions, which is, of course, um, was an obvious and logical step for us. And also, I know that in many companies, it's a common practice. But what we did not realize that it will give us much more opportunity at the end. Because first of all, when technical writers start doing that, contributing to source code, they have to learn also how to use the tools, how then you can commit, how the whole deployment lifecycle goes. So basically, by doing that, we enabled more practices of docs like code. Because if you do something like code, then you follow basically the same pattern and dealing with the same tools. And then later on, you can use the same tools for technical writing practices. What we also found very interesting that when we technical writers come to source code, we actually see a lot of things. And we don't need to ask developers every time, what is the max value of this field? What is the format here? Or some other things, because it's already there. It's already in the code. So you can uh, slowly start learning a lot of things, how the API is built. And it depends really on your time and appetite, how much you want to learn. And uh, then we started going more and more and seeing, okay, actually here there is something that can be done better from the API point of view. It affects maybe open API that we can generate from source code, but then can affect a lot of things also on the documentation. And that gives us much more credibility in our discussions with developers as well. And at the same time, we are trying to use Postman and other tools. And now with Stoplight, with API designs, we are bringing all these discussions to just another level when OpenAPI is not only for documentation, is also treated as an API contract. So basically now we look at this all together as our design of our API, how they should look like. And these all different things, they usually happen when you give more freedom uh, to your technical writers and start trusting them. I can attest to that because <laughs> uh, uh, once we started doing this, I noticed that my interactions with developers were more fruitful 
because when we talk about how the API behaves, then we just go, we know we're talking about the same class. And then we don't have to go into the details of like, what are the values that you should send for this field? Because we are both uh, looking at the same class. And then we can focus on like use cases. When should our user send this instead of like going into the nitty gritty of things that are already in the code? So with that there's uh, there's also been less like back and forth, and I also come prepared every time that I have to like ask uh, about the API. I think it helps build trust, and uh, we are between like tech writers and developers. And in that sense, maybe I also may add to that. In my opinion, I truly believe that a good technical writer should be able to speak multiple languages. And by saying multiple languages, I mean the language of the business people trying to understand the business value of the product. Mm -hmm. The language of developers, but developers who will use your developer-oriented product. But also, if you're able to speak um, the same language with your developers internally, so as Ruby was mentioning, they're looking at the same class. So the whole conversation becomes much more authentic, and then you can easily grasp and get much more detail. And then also developers involve you much sooner and also value your opinion maybe much more because they understand, okay, you know all this, you're operating in the same context with them. And everything that you just said, it's because you also know the same information that they're exposed to. You started talking about Docs' code and actually your colleagues, Patrick and Paula, were our guests uh, in the last season who were talking about the DocOps pipeline that you were building. But so when you hear Docs' code, it's a bigger concept. What parts are you thinking about from where you see Ruby and from where you see it, Alex? What are the moving parts that you think about when you think about this concept? For me, a big part of it is having the annotations in source code, at least for API reference. That's the first thing I think about as part of Docs' code. But I, I also know that the, it also entails like working in the same environment as our developers, which we, yeah, which we do at Adin. In my case, I think I started my journey, at least my first uh, connection with Docs' code, it was before Adyen when we had a very tedious process of deploying documentation. And uh, there were a lot of builds running uh, shell scripts and so on and so forth. And uh, it happened so I quickly learned the continuous integration system that we had back then. And it was quite straightforward and easy for me with that knowledge to put all scripts in that system. And then it started running somewhere on virtual machines and just deploying our platform like our documentation portal several times a day which was a breakthrough because nobody should have been involved and there is no manual process, you just get all the things. And um, what I realized that if you know more what developers do, yeah, what tools they use, what is the process, then we technical writers quite often see how this can be applied to what we want to do. And um, also, of course, it means that over time, developers' tools are changing, and we should be also involved in that. So probably it's still our responsibility uh, to update everything to make sure that it's aligned. Uh, but at the end, uh, the outcome can be very fruitful. And of course, traditional look at docs as code right now, as far as I understand, it's to make sure that um, content is stored in markdown files and Git. We use branches. We use continuous integration system. We use static website generators. We use some sort of linting automation on top of that, which all also comes with the idea that these are the tools that you already have in your company. Like in our case, for example, for continuous integration, we use Jenkins, and maybe another company is using another tool, but we do use Jenkins a lot for our uh, builds as well. And then, of course, some things we can do differently. For example, editing markdown files 
we can do in IntelliJ like our developers do, but it's too much. It's just such a big IDE for editing Markdown, and we can use other tools, and also we're using a CMS on top of that. So this can be a decision that I still up to the documentation team, but at the same time, what's important for us is to understand the deployment strategy of our platform. If you know what are the exact um, timelines, so when some code goes to test, uh, to better, to live, how it's all implemented. This also gives us good understanding how we can prepare, how when maybe we can create our content in branches, and when the main uh, platform is deployed, we can update content at the same time, because this is the experience that probably our customers want. If there is a new platform, they want documentation to be up to date, and not five days later because of that. But to be in this state, of course, it requires a lot of specific skills, so and it, it requires um, constant uh, work on making sure that everything is ready for that. But, I, I mean, LinkedIn is an important part of that, that uh, Patrick and Paul were talking uh, last time, because to make sure that you can publish your content, you need to make sure you have tests. Developers have their tests, unit tests, functional tests, integration tests, whatever, other tests. And for documentation, it's also possible to create tests, but it doesn't mean that these are the same tests that developers use. We want to, I don't know, do the spell check test, uh, the integrity test of the content, missing links, uh, maybe some other things that we don't want to be published, really depending on, on your setup. But we want to have these tests. And if they're green, then everything goes right. If they're not green, then we stop the deployment. Basically the same, the same mindset that developers have. I saw a live demo from your colleague about the API Explorer version 2.0. And uh, she talked about uh, it is possible sourcing content from both uh, Open API specification and Markdown. And uh, I have this question about maintenance because it must be hard. I mean, do they need different workflows or how does these two different things fit together in a same tool chain or environment? I believe it really depends, of course, on how you structure your work, uh, how you work on content. So in our case, API Explorer is, of course, taking open API files and markdown, but they're stored all together in a separate repository. I mean, it's separate from the main source code. And then it really depends, for example, where you get this open API files from. If you generate from source code, then you should also understand the cadence, how often, and do you also have some reviews in between like we do to understand that, okay, this is, is good to publish. At the same time, somebody can work on markdown files. And uh, when we understand that this content is ready to go, we just hit publish and it goes live. Uh, some companies, they don't generate open API files from source code. They write by hand to use something like Stoplight. And this is also maybe a completely different process when they first have this API contract as open API file and then development happens and documentation happens. And then when everybody is ready, just hit uh, publish and yeah, th that's happened. But in our case, it's more important that API Explorer is able to understand both formats. Um, because both formats are quite uh, popular right now. Markdown, of course, I believe number one format now for technical writers. Maybe I'm mistaken, uh, but at least it's, I know it's very popular. And OpenAPI is the most popular format for describing web APIs. Of course, there are other formats as well coming, but this combination of Markdown and OpenAPI, I, I would say it's the most popular combination that we can see now. Is there something that gets lost? when you are using this kind of CI-CD tool chain or that many automations? Mm, can you maybe give some examples? What can be lost potentially? Um, I just wanted to talk about finding the sweet spot 
about the ratio of automations and uh, following the exact same workflow what the devs do. But in some cases that have some caveats because of the nature of dealing with documentation and not code. <laughs> for for me, uh, one thing that we don't get to do now is to publish at will. Because <laughs> when I, I joined Adyen, we were still using Confluence and we could like publish like separate pages at will. Of course, when we shifted to Docs code, then we had uh, daily releases. But the advantage of that is then we get everyone else in the company as well to like have this mindset that Docs always gets published at this time of the day. So then people would try to get their changes in before that time of the day. I, I think the benefit um, is still like more useful than the like not having to be able to publish at will. Yeah, I'm also trying to think about more uh, situations. And again, it maybe it really depends on your company and on how you look at documentation, how you treat documentation. Because in our case, we're really trying to move fast as a company. And this means a lot of things in how we write code, how we deploy, how we write documentation. And at the same time, it means that if the code is ready to go, it should just go. We don't want to sit on it like for weeks or months because this is the easiest way for us also to test it, to get feedback and to be first to the market. And also sometimes it means that documentation might be not ready. Right. So what do we do? Sometimes we can say, okay, this is a hard no, no, we don't publish it. But also we really try to avoid this. And this means that if the communication is not ready, do we still publish what's not ready? Then how can we make sure that it's still usable and professional? Or we don't publish it and publish on another day. And um, ideally, nobody wants to be in this situation, right? We want everything to be perfect. But this also requires some certain way of working. So this means that technical writers are very close to the development teams, to product teams, and also they don't look at us at something that happens afterwards. They really take everything related to documentation and uh, other software products uh, for, that relate to that. Uh, they always take this into account. And by doing that, everything will be smooth. But again, it really depends. The Dev Portal Awards was taken by Adyen in two categories. I think it was in 2019, right? Yes. And congratulations for that. What do you think was the key for that success? And what are you improving now compared to that already award-winning state? I, uh, 18 was when I joined Adyen. So yeah, we won uh, the year after. It was me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, we know, right? <laughs> so yeah. This wasn't because of me. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, because we really focus, well, we hired more. Adyen hired more technical writers. And then there was more focus on the, the APIs and how we want to communicate that to our users. So I think that was also a big thing because we had like, several writers who joined us in, in 2018, who joined at the end of 2018. Yeah, probably, I, I think, that, of course, this is the key, that we put much more focus on, on documentation, on what's there, how we can provide enough context, how we can keep everything up to date, and we started also a lot of things around automation. So this was, uh, I think, a big, big step for us. We also launched a new documentation website. At that point, I think we also switched from Confluence to GraphCMS and to Markdown to Docs like Code, which of course was quite challenging to make it happen. 
But after it happened, we saw much more performance improvements and speed. So we were able to update a lot of things just in one go and uh, didn't have to deal with complexity of third-party tooling like Confluence. Probably this was the key for our success. And of course, we started doing a lot of research around, uh, again, user personas, user journeys, use cases. And uh, that was all brought to how we write and implement our documentation portal and also API Explorer. At the same time, we really looked at these two products as a single one, trying to make sure that it's all interconnected, the same user experience, the content is linked uh, back and forth. So in our case, I think this is working and still working pretty well. And the second part of your question was, uh, what's next, right? So mm -hmm. when, when we are going with all this, of course, um, Adyen is growing a lot with uh, the offering of a lot of APIs and products, and we need to keep the pace. And sometimes it's much faster than we, we, we can cope with as a documentation team. As I see, we're, we're of course still growing, but it's always a lot of things that we should keep in mind, a lot of big projects, how we want to restructure and update and make sure that everything's consistent and to reflect what company is doing. At the same time, we started working on new API Explorer, which is yeah, basically the new generation of how we see API reference. And at the same time, we really want to make it open source uh, because this way, first of all, we share with the community what we did and so that everybody else can benefit from that. But at the same time, we hope we will receive more feedback from people, what they want, what they actually try to do. And then this can also eventually improve our API Explorer. And uh, for documentation itself, it's now undergoing another research how we want to structure it because there is more and more information and it's becoming more complex. How can we make sure that everything is there, but at the same time, it's still simple and it's still simple for different audiences, for developers to easily try APIs and understand how everything works, but also for payment experts, for project managers, for any other type of people who come to us and want to learn more about Adil. This is challenging, by the way. I don't know. Very much. The eyes are on you. I'm really looking forward how you will do that because, well, it's it's in, it's intriguing to see how you take something excellent into something excellent but more complex. Looking forward to see what you come up with. Is there a message you would like to reinforce? Maybe the main message uh, from my side that um, technical writers can really bring a lot of value to your products and your APIs and your software that you're describing. And then technical writers should be empowered to uh, have access to source code, to have access to all the development tools, to get more exposed to that. And this can result in many multiple ways, uh, how the documentation will become better, but also how the integration will become better. And also in general, uh, how the collaboration between multiple teams is happening within your organization. I remember we were talking about uh, how it's very important to be consistent going down into the source and going from there and, and being very much in the same room as your software developers. From me, it's also uh, similar to what Alexi said. Uh, I mean, my, my key message should be to involve documentation, involve technical writers early on in the design process because we can give inputs about consistency and about how and we are like the first users of the API. So we can already um, see if, if there are confusing things and we can bring that back during the design process and hopefully get it fixed before the product is shipped. 
I, I also maybe um, wanted a little expression uh, that we use quite often in our discussions about API reviews when somebody says that, okay, naming is hard. So let's probably spend more time on that, but maybe, or maybe it's too hard, let's even don't uh, bother about this at all. But then we should remember that renaming is even harder because somebody will start already using your API, your product. Yeah. And that's why it's super important to make sure that from the beginning, a lot of things are right. And this can happen only if multiple people are included in your API design decisions and API reviews. Also to share the, I don't even know what to call that, the consciousness. Some of this is can be documented, but some of this really needs to be in your head. So you have to share that with the people. Like the why of the decision, not just the end of it. Yes, super true. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Trilling, and I hope that you're coming back later when you have the architecture version 7.0. See how that looks. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the API The Docs podcast. Thanks again to our guest, to Pronovix, for letting us work on this, and the entire API The Docs community for all of the mutual support and sharing of experiences that you give each other. Do you have a topic or guest you would like us to spotlight? Drop a note at podcast at pronovix.com. If you go to the website apidocs.org, you can find the recaps and recordings of past API The Docs conferences, as well as the upcoming program. Until next time, be well.